Hello, it's Yotam here. Thank you for continuing to listen to Simple Pleasures. And for anyone new here, I hope you enjoy the series. I wanted to let you know that I have a new cookbook out this September, co-written with Easter Belfridge, who works with me in my test kitchen. It's called Ottolenghi Flavor and is available to order now. Flavor is a vegetable-centered cookbook which focuses on all the different ways in which you can dial up flavor and create fireworks in your cooking. True to the Ottolenghi spirit. Hello and welcome to Simple Pleasures with me, Yotam Ottolenghi. This is a series in which I invite you and a special guest to my home to discuss the simple pleasures in life. From food, mainly food actually, to travel, to art, to food again, we discuss all of this over dishes from my new cookbook, Ottolenghi Simple. To me, simple means ease. It means less anxiety and less stress, doing things that are comfortable and familiar and not always massively challenging. I want to take the guilt out of the equation and inject an extra dose of joy. This week, I have Jesse Ware, who is a fantastic singer and also a fellow podcaster. A few weeks ago, I actually appeared on her podcast and she made me cook all the food by myself. So today I'm doing it all over again. What I have for Jesse is seeded schnitzel, cauliflower pomegranate and pistachio salad, an aromatic olive oil mash, and for a pudding, a plum friand. So let's enjoy Simple Pleasures with Jesse Ware. Noisy door. How are you? <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to feed you so well. Oh, yes. Yes, bring it on. Welcome to my podcast and my house. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my Thanks. God. I need to see these photos. I haven't All seen these photos of the kids. Nice. I've got here in my kitchen, Jessie Ware. We are friends now, right? Yes, we absolutely <laughs> are. And uh, the story of how we met is a little bit long, but I think I've got to tell it. So your album... Devotion yeah. is the soundtrack to the arrival of my son, Max, to the world. And it happened so kind of in a funny way. So we were in Boston. Uh, Max was born through a surrogate in, near Boston. And you put on Twitter, would you like to come to my show? Yeah. You were performing there. You had a gig in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure I know who she is. <laughs> so I go, I go, Carl, Carl, who is she? So Carl has his friend Nick who's into music and he texts Mick and Nick goes like, oh my God, you've got to go and see Jessie where she's the best thing. She's so hot. She's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so we just went to your concert and it was just the most beautiful concert. It was quite intimate. It wasn't very yeah. big. And, you know, we loved it so much that we just had the album nonstop. Max was born like three, four days later. And we just listened to it the whole time. So every time I put this album on, Max, Carl goes like, oh, this is Max's album. Oh. It's just so... I, I imposed myself on you, basically. I asked you to you come did. to the show. You did. I told everyone to buy your book because Jerusalem was out. But I definitely imposed myself on you. So I'm just, you like, did. so thank happy that that has now become you. the soundtrack. Thank you for... I'm stalking you. You did. And... I have to say that, you know, I, I don't know a lot about music, so I, I think that kind of force-feeding me your music was kind of the best thing you could have done because <laughs> it made me go to a concert. We had a great time. You were a bit rude on stage because you tried to set me up with your younger brother. Yeah. 
while I was there with my husband, which was really weird. Obviously, I love Carl, so this is it. Was it's, 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 it, it? We can laugh about it. Yeah, now. we can easily laugh about it. And Alex is great, and he's a great baker, right? He's your yeah, brother. I mean, he's 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 no. He's not a baker, he's but no, he's, he's a doctor, right? He's a doctor, but he he do, he has the patience for baking, which you don't. No. I look in the fridge and I see what's there and I'll kind of make something and concoct it and try things out and it may go wrong. But hey, at least I tried. That's my kind of attitude with cooking. But cooking has been like a big thing for you growing up, right? Yeah, like we... Cooking and eating. I guess eating yeah. is almost <laughs> eating as, as, probably as important. Bigger, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was always quite like a plump child because I love my food so much. And I found that it was the way to my heart, eating and eating lots lots um my mum was a great chef and um she wouldn't call herself a chef she kind of says oh, you know I just cooked and but I feel like she was always doing really exciting dishes even if it was kind of I I don't know you know she'd do a lasagna and whatnot and you know every so often we have a chicken Kiev which was kind of actually quite exotic for us because usually she'd be yeah. home cooking but she was always trying things out and I loved her for that and it, you know eating around the dinner table was so important even if we were fighting and screaming at each other, we always had a meal together. Which you still do. We still do. We still scream at <laughs> each other and we still, we still eat together. together. Yeah, so... But uh, I, what I found... We, so we've got tons of things in common, actually, because mm -hmm. I, I never did my homework because I just met you, but now that I've... For this, I read a bit, and then I thought, <laughs> okay, so we both have, like, my childhood is all about food. Like, most of my childhood memories are about food. I was also kind of a greedy child, and you said you were a greedy child. I mean, we've nearly got through a bowl of Ossolengi nuts. Spicy just nuts. Just because they're, they're the most delicious things, and you can buy them in all good Ossolengi delis. Now I know um, why I brought you um, here. But it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we. I, I can't stop. If food's in yeah. front of me, it's like I'm like a dog. So we've got. Oh. I don't know if you're like a dog, but I'm like a dog. Yeah, I just eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog or a pig. <laughs> yeah, but like dogs can't hold back. They just like would keep on eating. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. So the one thing we have in common is that kind of their childhood as actually is kind of a. Is like a meal in a, in a restaurant. You know, everything happens, you know, around food. But also then. You went to university and you studied literature, mm -hmm. and I went to university and I studied, studied literature. Mm, where did you go? I went to Tel Aviv University. Mm. So it's the food in childhood, it's going to university, then you were a journalist, I was a journalist, and you worked for a Jewish newspaper. Yes. You worked for the Jewish newspaper. Yeah, I worked for Arts, but then I, worked, I went to Amsterdam, and I also worked for a Jewish newspaper in, in Amsterdam. So I, I only realized this last we night. You were meant to be <laughs> And then we both followed our hearts and changed careers. So I left journalism, university, all that kind of stuff, and I became a chef. And then, look. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like I didn't really dip my toe deep enough into journalism. My father is a BBC journalist, but also writes. But um, you have, like, the, what's that sound? Is that, like, that's the... That, so that's the timer on the oven, which I need It's to a really melodic timer, though. You like that? Yeah, kind of... Something like that. Um, but, um, yeah, my... Well, that's I, why I brought you here. <laughs> to judge the quality of the music on the timer. I've never uh, heard no, a no, timer No, 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 like it's that. a dishwasher. It's a oh, dishwasher. It's, oh, OK, fine. Yeah, but maybe... But the cake is not in the dishwasher. <laughs> the cake looks delicious. But, yeah, so my, my yeah. father is a journalist, and so I think I was very influenced by him. Oh, that's the real timer. OK, Sorry, fine. The no, the, but, mate, this is how podcast. we do it. It's fine. This is, I mean, it's, it's going to be very exciting. You can hear the schnitzel. <laughs> So I should right. I tell, yeah, before we talk about your father, can I tell you what I'm cooking oh, we don't for have you? To talk because, about my dad. I don't oh, know. No, no, <laughs> so I've got 
I made a, a schnitzel. It's yeah. like a, it's a kind of a schnitzel on steroids because it's got lots of stuff around the, around it. So it's not it's not just breadcrumbs. It's got two types of sesame seeds, coriander seeds, turmeric, paprika. So mm. I thought for you know for a good Jewish girl like you, schnitzel is like. Thank you, because I never really have it because you kind of can't really find schnitzel everywhere, can you? You but have to go the, to real But it's spots. the easiest thing to make if you if you're happy to use. A chicken and not veal. So, you know, veal schnitzel is kind of the, the classic. Yeah. But uh, no, it's just the easiest thing. Do the kids like it? The kids love it. But, you know, in Israel growing up, schnitzel is the one thing that every Israeli boy has, like, at least twice a week. It's like yeah, the, it's it's the national kind of easy cook. It's like the equivalent of a pie or not. I don't know even that, like a pasta bolognese. You know, it's a schnitzel. It's funny because when I was, like, traveling in Thailand when I was a teenager, There'd be schnitzel places in kind of Koh Yang. Yeah. For like the Israeli it's like they, their tourists. taste of home. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so funny. You'd like be like, aren't you having a Thai green curry? No, you're having a schnitzel. Schnitzel, yeah, yeah. It's like Italians traveling abroad and going for like the worst pizza joint because they can't, they can't have not have pizza. <laughs> so I'm not really presenting it as I should. So let me stop. Okay. There's okay. this kind of fancy schnitzels, chicken schnitzel. And I'm making you a cauliflower salad, and it's part of the cauliflower is roasted and part of it is grated, so half mm. raw, half cooked with pomegranate seeds, pistachios, kind of typical Ottolenghi stuff, yeah, lots of great. herbs, and an olive oil infused mashed potatoes. So it's oh my, this is bit. hearty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought just like I like, like that because actually it's the first day in ages that it's overcast yeah. and there's a bit of a wind, so I feel like. This we is the do, day for schnitzel and mashed potatoes. Yeah, and I just thought, for me, this is kind of quite Jewish food, really. Thank schnitzel, you. mashed potato, cauliflower, salad, maybe not, but hey. Whatever, I'll, I'll I'm going to take it. the cake out of the oven. Now, it's a freon. Yeah, so essentially... What is a freon? Okay, I'll tell you. Because I see them, but I don't actually know what makes it a freon. Is it so, the almond in it? it? So this is really not a freon. The only the batter is a freon. So a freon is a little individual cake, French cake, that is made mostly from ground almonds. Okay. Have you heard of, uh, of the financier cake? Yes. So financiers and freons are quite similar. In one of them, you burn the butter before you add it to the ground nuts, and the other one, you don't burn the butter. But essentially, it's ground almonds, icing sugar, a bit of flour, and egg. And it's the easiest thing you do, you just mix it all up mm -hmm. together. And you make little individual cakes. But in this cake, I just made it into a bake. Yeah. And it's got plums and blackberries that I've set together with a bit of cinnamon, a bit of sugar, just kind of macerating. Did you cook them? Oh, you cook them before then? They're just macerated. Okay. They just sit there in the sugar. Oh, okay. And then, so you make the batter. Literally, it's the easiest thing in the world. You mix all your dry ingredients together in a bowl. Yeah. You put it in your pan, you throw your fruit on top, and you stick it in the oven. And then, usual flavor here is bay leaf. So it's got like three bay leaves for macerating the fruit. And we're nice. going to have it with some ice cream. Oh my God, I love you so much. This is honestly, like, I mean, when Yotam asked me to do the podcast, I was like, obviously, yeah, I'd love to hang out with you, but obviously I'm going to come because you're going to cook for me. Uh, we're almost ready. I'm just going to put this in the bowl. You see, so I'm much nicer than you are. I didn't make you cook the food. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, I would, have, I would have grated that cauliflower. I have to say that I'm lucky enough that I've been to Yotam's house before and he's made a lovely brunch for me and my family. And... Oh, yeah. But, like, you, you're a really clean chef, and I'm... I do, Carl would never say that, because he says I leave the kitchen a mess. But I only do this when people are around to watch. But I just... I, I'm so impressed, because my kitchen's like a shithole by the end of, like, me cooking. Your mum always 
bosses you around, doesn't she's, she, yeah, on she's the podcast? A, she really does. I'm glad that you acknowledge is, that. Is that an act or is it really the dynamic between what the do two you of you? Think? I think it's really very, very genuine. <laughs> it's really genuine. <laughs> this is what makes this podcast so endearing and funny and real. There's this kind of banter you've got, which is your real banter, but yeah. it's obviously mm. on, the, on radio, it just feels like, my God, these guys are really having fun. I mean, in my dreams, the podcast, when I kind of thought of it, it was going to be my mum kind of helping in the background, you know, frying a, a schnitzel, schnitzel and kind of giving us the food and adding a little bit of kind of, you know, adult insight into the conversation, but kind of dipping in and out. And it's just become basically us screaming at each other for the first 15 minutes and then her asking much better questions than me. So we really know that she is the star of the show. Um, and, but, but I thought that I was going to be this kind of calm person that, like, presented this meal. Basically, I imagine myself being what you, you're like and um, it just hasn't worked out. But the dysfunctionality... Is it dysfunctionality? Can yeah, you say that? Um, that yeah. That's what kind of works, I think. It's a kind of... A... Curb your enthusiasm for a completely <laughs> podcast format, right? Yeah, I just, I, 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 I'll definitely take that. <laughs> oh, what are you drizzling on the Freon? So Freon? Yeah. Is that some of the macerated yeah, syrup? Yeah, so, so I had a little bit of syrup left. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to throw them all in, so I just put it on here. Don't forget to take a picture. I won't. I'm doing it Can right now. Can I see a picture of your daughter? Hold on. Yes. Where is she? Oh, God. She looks a bit frizzy oh, there. She's sweet. She's, she's great. So she's she's a sweetie. A I know, yeah. Just watching Peppa Pig, probably. <gasps> She's very um, loves Eagle Piggle and Macapaca. Oh, really? But she's this, yeah, she's, she's beautiful. She's a cutie, petite. Yeah, she definitely tries to punish me every time I'm away. Now it's so definitely getting more kind of apparent that she knows is, what's going on, and I feel is guilty. Something I wanted to ask you. I mean, it's because you go away quite a lot on touring, right? Yeah. Do you take her with you? you I, take... I have done. Yeah. So I took her on my European tour. I took her to America. Um, she got a stomach bug the night before we were flying oh, and I had this crazy sure. promo schedule. So we managed to like smuggle her onto the flight, poor thing. And then my husband and I proceeded to get it. So Sam comes with you. Sam comes with me. He's a mate. He my brings, husband, yeah. He and comes, he brings her along and looks with, after her. Yeah, and my brother came on the European tour with my husband. So it was like this big family vacation. Um, this is not so not it, what you expect it, from, it, from a pop star on you know tour, what? right? I... I I got pregnant and I was very adamant that I was going to try and make my work work with having a child. I don't think I've found the balance yet. I don't think it's perfect. And I really struggle to switch off from work and to be able to give her enough time, I think, because it's so all-encompassing, this job, and it's a bit gross and I should be better at kind of walking away from it sometimes. Yeah. But I try and include her as much as possible and I think, you know, it's, I'm, it's very rare and I'm very lucky to be able to bring her on tour and for her to be sleeping in the tour bus. And, um, and I, it was I really mean, magical. childhood, right? It like was really she... magical. I mean, she, shame she won't remember any of it, but we've got the photos and the videos. Yeah. And we adapt and, and it's great. And but we... do, do you feel... Is there guilt involved? Oh my God, guilt every single moment. Really? Yeah, you know, even when I put on Peppa Pig this morning, I, I felt guilty because I got in from work really late and to be honest, Peppa Pig was really helpful this morning Peppa, as it is Peppa, for a lot of is, families. She's obnoxious. But she's, she's very wrong. obnoxious. But she knows what she wants. But she's so, no, she, but she's also a bit, a bit kind of ageist and racist and <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't she's like, bossy boots. I don't like. I don't mind bossy. Bossy is great, but she's just something a bit moralistic about it. You know that kind of ridiculous old dad that everybody likes oh, to pick yeah, a piss out of. Yeah, daddy pig. He's daddy annoying. Daddy pig's a fool. Yeah. He's a fool, and then she's like, 
She's kind of goody two shoes. Like she's, she's, she is goody two shoes. I like George. Dinosaur. Yeah, George. Um, yeah. But I think she's adopting this kind of attitude that Peppa has. She just kind of goes, more, <laughs> more. Um, so you feel guilty when you put her. I mean, like I feel every, like every, time, pre, pre, like every, but that is, men wouldn't feel guilty, would they? Like somebody in your, in your, at this stage of his, your career, male, would not feel guilty, right? But what, I mean, you you are in a relationship where there's two men, and you I, you work at Carl. Um, looks after it the looks kids. Looks after the kids more than do, I do. Do you ever feel guilty? I. I probably should, but I don't. <laughs> and the reason why I don't feel guilty is, first of all, I do make, I, th I think I'm quite a bit older than you are, and I'm at the stage of my career where I can actually, you know, I can afford to be here in the morning uh -huh, and the evenings, uh -huh. and I, I, w I don't go away for more than a week or 10 days yeah, at, yeah. at a time if I can. And then, so I, I've kind of just changed my routine a bit to be able to be there. Also, because Carl and I tried so hard to have children. It took us so long to have children. And I thought to myself, like, we were in our mid-40s, we finally had our two boys, and I thought, like, it would be such a shame now, you know, to to just not be there, yeah. you know, to be one of those dads that's kind of... So the career is so important that you're not there, and then you... Or you yeah. but, but I think for you, feeling guilty... Like, I listened to, actually, Serena Williams. She said, oh, I was playing that other tennis player. We were both mums. And it's kind of unusual to have, mm. you know, two Wimbledon you know, top-seeded yeah. tennis players being mums. And she said... You could see in the interview, she said something like, I'm so proud that I can be both a mother and a tennis player. Although being a full-time mom is a really hard job as well. So she was kind of... She felt like she had to apologize, to apologize for to having all, ambition. To all the other moms yeah, absolutely. for just being that kind of achiever or whatever it is that they perceive her to be. And yeah. I was thinking about you because I was reading about you that day. And I said, like, actually, you also sound a bit like her because you've kind of... You try to justify that you're carrying on with your career despite just yeah. having had a kid. And... Men wouldn't have that problem. They would just carry on. Like, I don't feel guilty, right? So that's a good example. I, I mean, I, I think that maybe there's still such kind of... It feels like there's still... Um, I don't want to talk about tennis too much, but, like, there's kind of sexism within that industry, yeah. I think. And she's kind of spoken about that, too. And she's been asked really silly questions before, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, sexism, racism. Yeah. She talks about yeah. it a lot. And, and I think that there's still sexism within the music industry. And as much as it's kind of very casual and silent I think that you do feel this pressure to kind of be back bounce back show everyone that you can do everything because uh, having a baby is not going to change that you can still write music and go on tour so I think I felt stupidly that I had a point to prove but and it kind of did me in by the end of last year I was like this shell of a person really? and and I kind of reevaluated it and then it slowly creeps back in this kind of like the schedule but I think I had to do three weeks away from my daughter and I didn't want to do it. And it was painful and heartbreaking. And I had to do it because I'd committed to this American tour and I couldn't afford to have her on the tour. Yeah. And also it wouldn't be fair on her to kind of, because jet lag. And yeah, I mean, it was really... like, it was just, it was an unfortunate situation where she was meant to be on this tour and then like the figures didn't add up. And I was just, I, you, you know, just couldn't I couldn't do it. It, it was wow. going to be like 40 grand, which I was already not, I was already losing a lot of money and it just felt like I don't have that money. So I, I felt like I need to just go and do the work put up and shut up and not do this again and maybe work out my kind of schedule better next time and you know I got through it and she was absolutely fine and I think she's getting older and she's starting to be more aware when mummy goes away and so I think things will probably have to change now and I won't do that long like I'll probably 
the, the most I'll do is a week, a week maybe. Yeah. But it's hard, isn't it's it? Hard. Because I, I'm not at that stage that you are at with your career. I feel like I'm still striving. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the breadwinner and I need to provide for the, my family. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not in a safe position yeah. yet. So for me, it's like I, I wish I could find the balance better, but I still think I've got so much work to do. I completely understand. And also, that, that I, I just see how... And I always point it out to people, I mean, the expectations from women are just impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everybody wants to see, your, you know, a female star, you know, singer do their, her thing. But mm-hmm. then they also expect the impossible. They expect you yeah. to, if you hadn't had a child, people would say things. Now that you have a child, I people, know, people have certain expectations. It's just like, it's so hard to meet, to meet all the expectations. I know. And I don't want to, like, be on here and moan about it because I yeah. think that I'm so lucky. Like, what, this is called work, me coming around and getting cooked for you. <laughs> like, it's not really work, is it? And so... Well, I'm going to make you work when <laughs> I have to eat every single That's thing. That's okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, you know, I think that it's just my balance that I'm still striving to get right. Yeah. And I haven't got that right yet. But I'll figure it out because I have to. And yeah. it's not easy, but it's also kind of a wild ride. So do you want me to help Should we go and eat some something? Should yes. we go to the table? Let's yes. do that. Um, this mashed potato looks really, really good. So you know what the story of this mashed potato is? That it's got like three main elements: are uh, garlic, lemon, uh, mint, and thyme. Four. Okay. Uh, so they go into the water when you boil the potatoes. So uh-huh. the, the potatoes kind of blo- absorbs out flavors. Yeah. And then I also make a salsa, which is olive oil, again garlic, thyme, and mint, and that goes on top when you when you kind of plated your potatoes. So mm. it's got those flavors really. That hits you. Yeah. Because I always think that mashed potato can be quite a letdown. Yeah. Because it like sometimes doesn't give enough, but this feels like a really so in like, this case I just thought one. because the, for me the the schnitzel is kind of a it's just what it is you yeah. know so you can afford to have like a real aromatic mashed potatoes mm. but I think mashed potatoes that are creamy and plain they're great for something like with a gravy and stuff yeah they just totally absorb yeah. these things but I mean when they are creamy and like. Is it because they've just got so much butter? Butter, in them? yeah. Butter yeah. is the best thing. Once in a while, you just have up? to have tons of butter. Yeah, help yourself okay. to this, and I'll help okay. you to some schnitzel. Schnitzel. This is really exciting. I made more so I can give some to my children. <laughs> <laughs> that's the winner when you kind of cook for. Thank you. That's yeah. perfect. I'll give you a little bit of cauliflower. We talked about this on my podcast, but my kid won't eat anything apart from kind of pasta at the moment and yeah. she demanded an ice lolly for breakfast this morning and what, had the what, biggest toddler tra- tantrum about it about not being to not being able she to have spotted it. one in the freezer i said oh no mummy's made no more because i make these like i make they're like they're healthy it's kind of you know fruit and yogurt and mummy made no more said, mummy mummy doesn't have any more she went more and she could see it i mean she, her, her vocab's limited <laughs> And then I was like, okay, well, what about we have banana ice cream? So I have these frozen bananas in the freezer and I was just zhuzhing them up in the Nutribullet and put a little bit of like cinnamon and milk. And I was like, there you go, you've got ice cream for breakfast. And she said, no, no. no. And I was like, you shouldn't even be having ice cream for breakfast, even if it is just zhuzhed up banana. This is terrible. Um, so we've got this thing with that. It's just like the, uh, the, the ice cream fights with children, especially in the summer, are just impossible. So we've got the, um, the ice cream van coming around in the afternoons here for no apparent reason. I don't know when they play the music, you know? Yeah. 
And, so and Carl say? managed to convince the kids for years that this is the sign that they ran out of ice cream. I love that so and much. And then the spell was broken when Carl was away and I just couldn't bear it. And I took them out and he's so angry with me because now <laughs> when they hear the ice cream fan, they're like, ice cream, ice cream. It's like, how long can you cheat your children for? I mean, how, you, how many years did you do it for? We did it for a good three years. Well, well done. That's quite a long time. I think that's great. That's great. <laughs> When are you going to tell yeah. them that Santa doesn't exist? Yeah, well, this is the next thing. First it was the ice cream, and now it's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so Thank great. Thank you. Now we're going to eat with our mouthful. Oh, yeah. Talk yeah. with Good luck. Good luck. Mmm. Mm. That mashed potato is sublime. Thank the you. The lemon zest is so good uh, now. Yeah. Lemon, garlic. Mmm. So, we talk, you talk, does Sam mind... Um, your husband that you talk about him quite a lot and and he always you know there's a song about him in your latest al album so does he mind being part of your world but without being to exposed? be honest I've never asked him <laughs> just do what I want I don't think he minds I think you would have heard about it if he minded yeah and 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 it, anything that I say about him unless I'm moaning about him being um taking me to Blade Runner for my birthday. Mm. Um, I feel like I that like, was... I like Blade Runner. I mean, I like it, but I said that's not a birthday present, babe. No. And then I was an idiot, because then he gave me a diamond ring, and then I felt like a right bitch. Um, but I think that, like, you know, I have this song called Sam, and it celebrates kind of... Well, it's a lot about waiting to have a baby. I was pregnant, and I wrote it with Ed Sheeran, and it's me kind of questioning what kind of mother I'm going to be and reflecting on it's my own mother. It's a really Thank beautiful you. song. But, you know, in the, the so it says it's just Sam, my baby, and me because we've been such a team from such a young age. You know, we got together when we were 18. Amazing. We broke up for a couple of years in our 20s, but we came back to each other and we are best friends. And he has pretty much like no idea what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis because it just blurs and he just thinks it's this mad job that kind of isn't a job, but doesn't frown upon it. But I kind of love that he's so oblivious to my job and, and I, include him into it because he's important in my life and, and my story yeah. and is, is it true to say that he's super supportive like he's mm. really like a supportive partner mm. that kind of allows you to do what you need to do and and i mean he really took one for the team when we had the baby i said well i need to still tour and he said cool we'll do it as a family and he kind of treated it like this big camping experience like <laughs> the ultimate camping experience he got stuck in and by the kind of second week of touring Europe in really cold weather and, you know, kind of Prague when it's snowing could be beautiful, but with a one and a half year old who's screaming, you're like, oh God, this is quite, this could be so romantic and God, this is not working how I thought it was going. <laughs> Where's the nearest soft play? But he's been amazing and he was really sad when it kind of came to an end. And I think he hopes that we can do those experiences again. I think, you know, he's adventurous and, this, and I, I think luckily my job has a lot of adventure to it. You know, we've traveled with it and mad things have happened along the way and wonderful experiences and we get to share that together. So I'm really lucky that he is so supportive and he kind of took time off work, you know, and he's a personal trainer and it, it, it kind of, that depends on having a regular presence in someone's life to yeah. kind of train them. And when I ask him to come away for three weeks at a time, and he just kind of says, yeah, cool. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty lucky girl. But, um, I don't think there's many partners that can find that balance so well. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do this without him, really, Amazing. because he enables me to be able to have this weird job. So you, t you always say, my job, my job. But it seems like your job is like, it's just so much going on. So 
obviously, when people think about artists or musicians, they think about the gigs, right? Like when you go out and perform or when you record a... But now there's so much more than that. Like you, So you have a podcast. Mm. We've referred to it a million times, but that's also kind of part of your job now. I mean... Mm. Yeah, it started as a escape from my job and me asking questions to other people and having this outlet. And it was just a bit of an experiment too. Like, you know, I think both of us suit doing a podcast because we came from journalistic backgrounds. Mm. We like to ask questions, you know, we're interested. So for me, it was just a bit of an experiment to see if it worked. And I thought if it didn't work, not everyone knows about podcasts, so it could kind of die slowly, the radar, like, yeah, 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 quietly. And it's really taken off and we're nearly up to um, a million listens. That um, is incredible. Yeah, and I a think, you know, and I, that's really great. I mean, it's not my dad wrote a porno who have like a hundred million, but whatever. Yeah, we're but you trying. can get there. Yeah, and like, and you, know, and if you need more sex, right? Yeah, we need more sex. So I think that we are doing a really good job considering I kind of pushed this on my mum with her not knowing what a podcast was and we're having fun. And for me, actually, the beauty of it is that I get to spend however much I complain about her. I get to spend more time <laughs> with my mum, with really interesting people. And I have this kind of audible catalogue of kind of hysterical moments with my mother yeah. and, you know, the guests. And how many people can say they work with their like, parents? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it, don't get me wrong, it's really difficult and she's a massive diva. And I love her because she'll be listening to this, but she's a nightmare. But yeah, it has become a bit of a job, but I still think you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, if it becomes too much like a slog, then why are you doing it? And I think there was a moment in the beginning of this year, I came off tour and I spoke to my friend, Benny Blanco, who you've met. Yeah, I met. And, um, and you work with him, right? On, I work with him a lot. And actually, I'm not working with him at the moment, but he's one of my best mates. And like, he just looked at me, he says, you look miserable. Like, you look dead behind the eyes. He was like, maybe you shouldn't be doing music. And I thought, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Like, <laughs> I was so low. And I kind of just kind of worked things out. And actually, it was about kind of changing it from feeling like a job yeah. and feeling like it was a hindrance to actually being able to appreciate the things about being able to be in music. And... I think that, you know, I've, I've got my kind of love for it back. But there was a moment where I was like, why am I doing this if I don't enjoy this? Like, it's, it, I'm miserable. But, yeah, I mean, I have a few different jobs. Yeah, I have. But, you know, they're all kind of ridiculous jobs, but they're quite fun. So, yeah, the podcast, singing. Um, oh, I'm about to launch a kids wear brand. That's a bit Really? Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's wow. kind of crazy. How did um, that come about? Just kind of really luckily kind of met with some people and my friend who was my manager, Mark Gillespie, he put me in touch with these people and we've kind of created this brand and who knows if it's going to work or not. I feel like that's going to not be able to die so quietly, but I feel really confident about it. It's what? really exciting. And But, you know, I, I feel like I'm at this moment where I'm learning how to be a businesswoman. And I really to don't know. To run your business, because yeah. it's a business. It's, it's, it's a lot of things that come totally. together. And I think that I'm just learning that. And actually, I've got a real thirst to understand it. I think it's really exciting. I've never really thought of music as a business. And I still don't want to think of music as a business, even though there's a lot of business in it. I need to be able to keep that as like pure creativity and enjoyment. And I, I'm sure you have that with, with yeah. cooking, you know. No, I do a lot. I, do, I try to combine a lot of activities in my day-to-day -day that involve food but take me away from that world because I find myself often I'm lucky enough not to be you know slaving behind a stove anymore so I don't cook in mm. my restaurants but I spend a lot of time tasting food trying food right you know thinking ideas and 
I love it when I can go out of this world and get a little bit into things that are of kind of social context or mm -hmm. historical context or anything that just takes me a little bit out of my little bubble. Yeah. And it all comes together into a really interesting existence, really, because it's a... I think we are so lucky to live in this in a world where things are so much more flexible than they used to be. Mm -hmm. Like you used to, like when I left my prospects as a journalist or university teacher and became a chef, I think my dad, who was not that happy of, that I was taking that route, had this idea that, you know, there's only one thing I'll be able to do, and that is cook. And because this is this was how it was used to be, yeah. you know, a generation or even less ago. And now there's just all these options, so many things around that you could do succeed and also fail mm -hmm. on the way and that's that's fun because this just it's, it's life is too short not to just to do one thing Absolutely. all the time and i i don't think i've got the attention span to just do one thing i <laughs> i i think i'm the most alive when i'm busy and i've got lots of things going on even though i can complain about it a lot but like actually my husband's always just like you would be so annoyed if you you were just doing one thing if you were and, relaxed yeah, if I relaxed and I had, like, a day off, like, I'd be like, oh, no, I need to fill it with loads of things. So, yeah, I do feel very lucky. So with your new children's clothes range, mm. could you design something that kids don't go, grow out of? Could you, is there... That's what I'm trying to do. No yeah. way. Yeah. Really? So it's kind of adaptable, so it's kind of like it can, if even if they're trousers then next year they'll be maybe culottes or and then they'll go into shorts so they can kind of be adaptable. Amazing. And it's unisex, so it's kind of like... Because my everybody. boys just grow out of their clothes yeah. so quickly. Just, Luckily, we've got two, so poor Flynn gets all the stuff that Max... <laughs> so he's got enough. He never looks really smart. Oh, I but, completely uh, agree with you. But I just get so... I mean, especially with shoes, but I don't think you're going to do that with shoes, are you? No. Try, come on. Do <laughs> some kind of technological innovation with shoes so they... I'm so bad at choosing the right shoe size for my daughter. She's either got like these Birkenstocks I got on eBay for like whatever. They were secondhand ones and they're size, like five size sizes 11. too big. Yeah. <laughs> and then other ones like, I, I can't I, I can't work it out. I should just go to Clark's and get her measured, I think. Because mm -hmm. my guessing is not working but out. But you need to get her measured every three months. That's a problem. I've been really stupid. Good planning. Yeah, really, really And you're stupid. the one who's starting a range of <laughs> That's one thing that I'm not good with, her shoe size. <laughs> that was so delicious. Mm. Like, what kind of cook are you? I love, I love a, a good dish in a rush, but I think sometimes, you know, it has to be taken. Um, there's a little bit more kind of t TLC and time and care that needs to go into it. And so sometimes my favourites are those ones that you shove lamb in for five hours. And oh. that, but, you know, you have to have the time. But I think being a mum at the moment, being a working mum at the moment where... I'm trying to do dishes that work for my daughter and my husband. It's not working very well at the moment. Um, uh, but I think that I always want quite wholesome foods, but I also don't want to be bored by it. So I think that's what sounds really good about your new cookbook because obviously I love your food. I've talked about it enough, but like I think the idea of just having that simplicity or, or maybe having a quicker time to be able to yeah. cook something and manage to make it still feel exciting. Like I saw you just do that. And, you know, that... That salad, the cauliflower salad, looks so appetizing and delicious, and it was beautiful. And actually, it was really simple. You grated yeah. some cauliflower, you roasted some. Yeah, so you take half a cauliflower, yeah. and you grate half of it, you stick half of it in right. the oven, and that's about it. You get you, these days, you can get your pomegranates even Freedom. seeded, right? Like in a, a little pouch, and then and that's it. It's lemon juice and all the cumin, all the rest of the stuff, and 
And yeah, the idea, I, you know what, it's, I, I've just become a little bit addicted to the kind of like Sunday cooking for the family. Like I, yeah. I take Sunday afternoon sometimes or evening. Carl does that the same. And we just do like a whole lot of stuff for the freezer. And oh, really? yeah, like, you know, and there's a lot of dishes in this book that could work like that, you know, sauces and things that you can just throw together. I mean, you don't do that? Do I, you cook I for... like batch cook. Yeah. Um, I'm too greedy. I'd eat the batch before it goes in the freezer. <laughs> like somebody, like my friend who's a nutritionist, she put on Instagram a minute ago. I, I thought maybe my kid would like it, but they were like these baked porridge bars. And she says, you can do it in batches. And I was like, I know what would happen. I'd like leave them out to cool and Sam and I would have eaten all of them. Yeah, and I don't. That. Um, but um, I love the idea of it. And I think I was really good at kind of doing batch stuff when my daughter, when I was kind of introducing food to her. But no, I'm really, I, I just don't really have time. So for me, especially at the moment, it's summer. I want like freshness and I kind of want things that kind of like good salads that can be hearty. But I, I love to keep food. So I'll, I'll cook in bulk and we'll eat it and then Join I'll freeze them, yeah. it. And so there'll always be leftovers. My husband's really funny about eating frozen food. It's really, really weird. I don't think he had a freezer when he was younger. And so he doesn't trust frozen food. And I'm like, but babe, it's fine. And it's, it drives me mental. So fresh. I mean, he just keeps everything like no, just. Uh... I know. He's an idiot. And it's like, okay, um, I love my husband so much. <laughs> but it drives me mad. So I'll I love how something. you say about your. Oh, we're so best friends. Nearest and, and dearest. A... And you go like, she's such a cow. <laughs> but I really love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, I should really, yeah, rein it in. But I think I, for me at the moment, just having so little time, it's about kind of getting a, a quick, satisfying, I mean, what did I do the other day that actually was really good? I slow roasted some peppers, so put them in when the babies um, were outside, um, my um, okay, little, um, my nephew was in out there. And um, so they were going, so I got the sweetness, and I think I put some of your sumac on there, mm. and um, olive oil, and then I did... The I uh, did cod with it and butter beans, and actually I put some capers in and olives, and it was really Delicious. nice, and it was really easy. So for me, it's like that's quite hearty, that's easy, and yeah. it looks quite colourful, and I feel like I've made a bit of an effort. I think. So everything was kind of satisfying. You get, yeah, you get everything. But I do love, I do love a pot. Just having that satisfying thing of stirring and just checking and, and waiting, it, and it also improves so much. You start with something mm. that is really kind of almost like just really disappointing. You know, when I make like a like a chicken or beef stew or something mm. that sits there and you try at the beginning and you, you never quite believe that you're going to get that level of flavor at the I very always end. over season even, at even the beginning you, that's I know. bad so I know, even if you, you've yeah. done it a million times you still think like how could something with such flavors kind of evolve into and then you have it the next day and it's really magical I know that's the best I did like there's this really it's, it's definitely not a sexy dish but we do this turkey stew I love turkey like mm. I, I don't know I love it so much I could eat Christmas dinner all the time. I love turkey. And there's this one dish, and it sounds really unappetizing, but it's just you fry off the turkey in some flour, and then you put it to the side, and then you kind of do your onions, and you can put whatever vegetables you want in there. And then it's just some water and a chicken stock, and just put whatever herbs you want in there. And then put the turkey in, leave it for ages, carrots, leeks, just make it it's all sweet and delicious, add some peas in there. And honestly, it's it gets the flavour really quickly. And I don't know why I love it so much. I'll have that with mashed potato and it'll turkey just feel like a hug. Turkey, turkey casserole, casserole, but it's not a sexy dish, is it? Shall, can I tr steal this recipe? That's, I mean, please. It's got like, it's definitely not a very exciting one, but there's something really reassuring about it. And I think that like... But isn't that, but like talking about what kids eat, our kids, you know, that are yeah. young and they're 
Isn't it all about feeling reassured? Because, Maybe, yeah. You know, they've got, they haven't experienced that much, so they want this kind of, everything needs to be quite reassuring. They need to know that what you're giving them, they've had before, and that they know they enjoyed it. Yeah. I think, you know, definitely, like, it's, I have to tell my daughter that everything's either cheese or pizza, and then she'll try no, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried cheesing my children the all the, the trap, time. The, like, the, the more she knows, the less she's going to, yeah, gullible she's going to be. Yeah, I know, I know. And I... Do you think you're going to, you're in your... Daughter, are you going to be, have a similar dynamics to the one you have with your mum? I, I hope so, because my mum and I are so close and I adore her. I even suggested that like we move in together. That's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit I sick. said, why don't yeah. you like, why don't you sell your house and we'll get you like the granny flat. What did the she say? She, I think she was quite up for it. Really? So is, is she moving in? No, I mean, she won't do it yet, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can be with her. Your too young to, to, to move no, in. Exactly. Give her a few more years. No, that's the thing. She's, but she's so independent and has such a social life. So I feel like she wouldn't like turn into kind of like this mm. reliant, like, so um, yeah, next I love her. on your podcast. Who's next? We're one? moving in, we're moving in together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's see how, how that. Next on Table intro. Manners. Yeah, yeah. Lenny I mean, I is moving in. I mean, that it it could go horribly wrong. It could be the end of the podcast and our relationship. I don't know, but I um I hope I have the relationship that I have with my my mum because we're fiercely close. kind of close. And I think she's daddy's girl, though my daughter. This will change all the time. It's just annoying. <sighs> if she says daddy one more time to me, I'm just like, <laughs> mommy. And that really mommy. feeds into your anxiety, right? No, I know. Oh, and then, and then the guilt just, that I haven't been there, I yeah. just don't. It's like, it's, it's a constant it's struggle. It's really difficult because the honesty of kids, they just don't filter anything. So if you just have a one little bit of guilt or, or doubt, they just drill into it. And you go, do you want to give mommy a cuddle? And then she goes up and gives daddy a daddy cuddle. Can, and I'm oh. like, oh, break off. Ours do that too. They know what they're doing Bastards. though. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know that I'm feeling guilty and she's just going to punish me a little bit yeah. more. But you know, I forgive her. Okay. Um, do you have room for dessert? Of, of course. Of course. I'm like, this is me holding back, yeah, by the so, way. Like, that I could, no, I could have you, done more. You can like, dig into a little I, bit on what's on the table. I no, warm up that. No, I'm going to have the Freon. That, that Freon okay. looks beautiful. That's the kind of thing that I want to be able to cook. Like, it looks so beautiful that the Freon, I mean, everything's but delicious. But you are. But, but you've made it feel really simple, but I just don't believe you that it's well, that simple. Well, if you look at the book, you'll see that it is really simple and easy. This is the um, the blackberry and plump friand bake, and I just got a bit of ice cream and stracciatella ice cream and just plonked that on top that I didn't even make. <laughs> I'll forgive you. This is delicious. Like it's tangy and creamy and sweet and nutty and just delicious. And I really like having the ice cream. Yeah. The idea of taking a friand, which is a kind of a small and delicate thing uh, that you eat as a kind of a little cake, mm. and turn it into a bake. Just came up in the test kitchen, you know, a few months ago, and we tried, and the batter didn't work, and we wanted like a wintry, or like autumnal bake with, you know, with plums and blackberries, mm. and then we just thought, oh, actually, let's use a freon, and I've never done it before, and so it was, it's not just a crumbly thing, and it kind of worked out. And also, it's not so much of a faff to kind of separate them and do all that. It's like it's no. a big family for everyone get stuck in yeah that wouldn't be simple right if, if i if there were a lot of little cakes but no. but this is a yeah and literally the batter you put together in minutes you know it's you mix everything up in a bowl 
you throw it into your baking dish and then you take your fruit and put that on top and it takes about half an hour, 45 minutes to, to bake and then you got like a proper dessert. The bay leaf is really delicious. It's really nice. Mm. I love bay leaves because they're the kind of unsung heroes of the kitchen. You know, mm. you've got like bay leaves and things, so people put them there. Every recipe goes like, put three bay leaves and nobody can taste it really. But like you did so cleverly with your potatoes when I came on your podcast, you just based the whole roast potato dish on bay leaves. Mm. And it was so special. It was kind of very vaguely aromatic. You know, it just had that kind of hint of bay. And I love it also in desserts, like to make like a custard infused with bay leaves is mm. the most delicious thing. I think, well, that, that example of my potatoes, it was just kind of try it, see if it works. That's and you had of, loads of bay leaves in your garden, right? I have a huge bay leaf tree that's just kind of overgrown. I need to use it. So if I'm not kind of doing it with spaghetti bolognese, it's kind of, I need to... I need to <laughs> you need to make a to, lot of bolognese for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So I need to be doing more stocks. And mm. that's something I don't have patience for, stocks. No, stocks you don't make at home. It's, Leave that to the you restaurants. Have to have the, you have to have the biggest, like... Pot. Sauce, pot. Yeah. And about 48 hours to spare. But I, I also find that, you know, things like stocks and other things that, you know, are very labor intensive, it just puts off people the whole business of, of cooking. You know, if you think you need to make your own stocks or you need to make your own ice cream, I mean, this is all nice. Mm. You just never open the cookbook. You just go like, okay, I'll just go and buy a ready meal. But there is something about setting the bar so high mm. that you're always going to fail. You're not going to be a good enough cook if you're not going to make your own stock. I mean, there's definitely reasonably good stocks in most supermarkets these days. Mm -hmm. And someone has done the work for you. And then you can do all the rest of the cooking. I, I just find that it's very easy to get hooked on something you think you absolutely need to do. There's no need for that. And my stock always tastes like shit anyway. So. Really? What do you do wrong? Let me solve <laughs> not your, do it let for me long solve enough. Your, let me be your therapist. Let's not do it for long enough. And I can't ever get it kind of clear enough because all the bones kind of disintegrate. Really? I'm I really don't think you it. should be making stock. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm just going to buy You're giving up stock. I love a stock cube. Like, that's what they were made for. Yeah. You know, go and get the lovely sachets of it from whole, <laughs> whole Foods and, what you know, those big kind of... Yeah, the healthy lovely, stock. Yeah. Bone broth, you know. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to my bay leaves and experimentation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What other things do you do like, to make yourself like, that, like little simple pleasures in your life, even on tour, you know, like things that make you relax or. Um, what makes me chill. relaxed? I, Marmite makes me relaxed. That is a great relaxed Marmite relaxant. on toast. I, I love it. It makes me feel good. I bring it on tour with me. And just that taste of Marmite on toast can kind of really make... It's a simple pleasure. That's the best answer uh, you could give me. And, and, <laughs> um, and what else do I like? I really, at the moment, um, this isn't on tour, but I definitely actually I had to download like ITV Pub Plus to be able to watch it in, uh, abroad. But uh, Love Island is a simple oh, really? pleasure of mine. <laughs> and when I say simple, I mean simple. Um, Simple, but a, I, but a commitment, oh right? Oh, gosh, my mum was so angry because I, I hadn't Does watched it. Did she not it. watch it? Oh, you, no, she's like, these imbeciles. Do you know more people applied for Love Island than Oxbridge? And I was like, oh, shut up, mum. Of course they did. These people aren't going to get into bloody Oxbridge. Like, um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love so Love, love Island. Island. Marmite. Love Island Marmite. They are, they, either you love it or you hate it, both of them. Oh, I, love, I, I mean, I love both of those. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's very divisive, isn't it? I mean, I could have massages every 
hour of my life. I, it's not that simple because you have to kind of arrange somebody. But my husband's but taking a, a massage course, so I feel it? like this is about to like but change he can't my do life. That for you as well. He bloody can. He needs to get. <laughs> I mean, do you not think I'm demanding enough? I've got a friend. I've got a friend who's who's found this app. That oh, you, you call the masseuse. Yeah. You know, London. Mas- yeah, like I, a I, I love. City I masseuse. love an app that sorts things out. Yeah. Like so, yeah. So I, she, her, and her husband, they just request them, and and they have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it. That's brilliant. I wish I had enough time to be able to like have two hours in my house to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, I keep television, I, box sets and television I, I could do forever. Like, yeah. um, And it's really nice when you're on tour because you don't want to socialise. No, like in the and I think there's like, you know, for me, performing and singing, it's so much kind of communication and engaging. I think sometimes it's just good to shut off. Yeah. And I really kind of just need to like not let my brain work that hard. Wow. And I can only escape. imagine, you, when you're on stage, mm. you're so in focus i guess it's like service in a kitchen there's nothing going on anywhere else in the world apart from where you are and what you're doing i mean on a good day it is but sometimes you'll be there thinking about like the wedgie you've got or like (laughs) you know whether you covered up your spot enough on your face and what you had for dinner is kind of rising up in your throat because you had it too near to stage time but like on a good day like it is you get lost and it's that kind of whirlwind um where you kind of think, well, Holden, did that just happen? And you, it's amazing, you're like autopilot, and it just, it's pretty special when that happens. And it doesn't always happen, but I should definitely let it happen more, where you just can get lost in it. And really? Yeah, I mean, maybe a good massage helps, right? Before, just I mean, before. That, I probably wouldn't get on stage, I'd be like, in a minute, I'm coming. In a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, just the balance again, like, you know, I've talked about it before, but just yeah. that balance of being able to turn it on and then switch off. Yeah. Jesse, this has been really amazing. Like, we've talked about so many things. I, I know. It's, it's been such a pleasure. I mean, it's always a lovely simple to pleasure, be with you. but a great pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> a great, a great pleasure. Um, I just got cooked for by Yotam, and I'll just dine out on that for the next year. It's going to be perfect. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having <laughs> Thank me. Thank you for coming. It's been amazing. And I can't wait for this simple book. My thanks to Jesse, and thank you for listening. The Simple Pleasures podcast is sponsored by my new cookbook, Ottolenghi Simple, which is available at all good bookshops. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, from me, Yotam Ottolenghi, goodbye 